This is Sunday Rewind. Take it back now, y'all. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Now, here are your hosts, Tom Stevens and Mike Melby. Welcome into Husker Rewind Hour number two. My name is Mike Melby. That is Mr. Tom Stevens. And we are hanging out on Sundays as we always do. Big thanks to everyone watching on the Sarder Heyman live stream. We are live on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as Allo Channel 951. And ch- Channel 951 on the camera there. And uh, also, thanks to everybody who joins us on the Allo VIP line. VIP line brought to you by Allo Fiber, where they understand the importance of exceptional service with local heart. John Baylor will join us next segment. We heard from Steve Sipple before that. And if you want to be a part of the show, 402-464-5685 is the Honda of Lincoln hotline and starter Heyman text line. And it is now time for the Big Ten Blitz. 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 Why don't you just take the game of the day yesterday? Uh, Michigan, Ohio State. Cheaters. They're cheaters. Cheaters. Uh, Harbaugh was not there coaching the game, but uh, he was the the guy that gave him the inspiration to get the victory. I mean, they always can credit him no matter what they're doing. It doesn't and, matter. And again, more crap out of their mouths this week about how they're the victims in all this. Oh, yeah, they are. I feel so terrible for Michigan because nothing ever good happens to Michigan, except for beating Ohio State the last three years or however long it's been, uh, 30 to 24. J.J. McCarthy, 16 of 20, 148, a TD, Blake Corum. He had uh, two TDs and 88 yards. They rushed for only 156 for a carry, but it, they played tough football, and they forced uh, Kyle McCord into some bad decisions. He had th- two interceptions. He threw for 271, and Marvin Harrison had a nice day, 118 a TD, but forced him into the big mistake, and that's all it really took because that's kind of what they do. Michigan waits you out. Yeah. Uh, you make a mistake. And they don't do anything fancy, but they win the game, and now they move on to take on Iowa. Michigan is a 23-point favorite yeah. over Iowa in Indy. Yeah. And the funny thing is— Would I you take that? Oh, I, in, in picks of density, I will pick that game. Okay. As will you. And, All yes, right. I'll just tell you right now, I'm going to spoil the surprise. I'm taking Michigan and giving the points. That's probably a good pick. That's probably a good pick. All righty. Uh, Penn State, Michigan State. Drew Aller yeah. threw for 292 yards and two scores— in Penn State's dominating 42 win over Michigan State, Katrin Allen ran for a career-high 137 yards, and Nicholas Singleton had 118 yards on the ground with a touchdown as well. Penn State racked up 586 total yards. They held Sparty. I thought this was a typo. It's not. Yeah. To 53 total yards. Jonathan, Jonathan Smith is going to have his hands full trying to pull Michigan State out of the gutter. Uh, the Nittany Lions finished 10-2. and Sparty's 4-8. and eight, And... That's a team that is just, I, like, you talk about a bad culture, a bad everything, and I mean they gave up. And the one thing I don't you, feel like they have up until this game, though. True, but last week they still were kind of just going through the motions, yeah. and I don't know, man. Jonathan Smith worked miracles out in uh, uh, at at, at uh, what am I trying to say? Not Eugene. Um, Where was he? Uh, uh, Oregon State. Oregon State. Corvallis. Gosh. 
But uh, yeah, at Oregon State, and and it, maybe he can do it there. Uh, he, it's kind of the same thing. Michigan's the big dog. Oregon was the big dog. Um, You're at the state school, and so I think, we'll see. Do you, do you like that hire? You think that's a good hire for Michigan State? I I, I really Smith? do. I I, it I do. feels like a good hire. I, I'm surprised he took it. This is well, your alma mater, and you're doing things that have been done there in a well, long time. Well, when they say $70 million, it's hard to turn I get it, it down. I get it. I really do. Uh, and I think there are good resources. It's, it's the Big Ten, uh, it, but you're in the Big Ten East. Uh, I guess it doesn't really matter anymore in the new Big Ten because the schedule's so convoluted. <laughs> I, I, I will say this about Penn State. They're 10-2, and, and it feels like there's quite a bit of heat on James Franklin because he can't beat Ohio State and Michigan. It feels like a, a Frank Solage-type situation is going on uh, in Happy Valley, they're not happy uh, because they're only 10 and 2 because they can't beat Ohio State or Michigan. Um, Wisconsin over Minnesota. Wisconsin wins at 28 14. Tanner Mordecai had a decent day 14 to 22, two, uh, 145, two TDs. He did have a pick, but Braylon Allen, Braylon Allen had a really nice day 26 carries, 165, and two TDs in that one. Uh, Ethan Kaliak Manis, not a good day. Uh, and so. They win the axe. They win Paul Bunyan's axe, uh, does Wisconsin, and they improve to 7-5. and five. So a decent finish when you consider that a couple of weeks ago we were wondering if they were going to make a bowl game. Had they lost to Nebraska, they would have needed that game to make a bowl game, but they're comfortably in a bowl, and Minnesota is not. Uh, actually, about- Minnesota is going to be probably the one team oh, that's 5-7 because their, their, APR. their APR is high enough. That's right. Their APR is yep. pretty high, so maybe – uh, they will be in a bowl game, despite the fact that they're only five and seven. There are three teams that had to get to six, Minnesota, Nebraska, Illinois. And uh, none of them did. And none of them did. Uh, but it may, may not matter, as you suggest, uh, for Minnesota because of their APR. And you know what? I'm going to jump to I was going to do it third. I'm going to do it second. The Northwestern-Illinois game. Northwestern scores 24 points off of four Illinois turnovers as the Wildcats won for the fourth time in five games. And we'll head to a bowl game after the hazing scandal that rocked the program over the summer. Ben Bryant, 24-32, 234, two touchdowns, also had a couple of picks. Cam Porter ran for 69 yards. Cam Johnson had seven catches for 124 yards and a touchdown for Northwestern. Illinois, though, listen to these numbers. How do you lose? Well, you turn the ball over four times is how. Uh, John, John Paddock threw for 334 yards. Three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. Um, Reggie Love Jr. ran for 106. Casey Washington caught nine passes, 218 yards, and three TDs to lead Illinois. But those four turnovers cost the Illini a chance at going to a bowl game. They finished the season five and seven. Northwestern's going bowling at seven and five. That um, was a whale of a game. David Braun, probably coach of the year. He's got to be coach of the year in the Big Ten. Hands down. Uh, as you mentioned, Northwestern, 24 points off of turnovers. Illinois kind of gave that game away, but a really good game. Uh, and there you go. Uh, Northwestern is going bowling. Maryland over Rutgers. It was 42-24. to 24. Talia Tungaviola had a great day. 24 of 31, 361, three TDs. He did have one pick, but he is now the all-time passing leader in Big Ten history. Uh, kind of cool. They they had uh, they had stuff on the computer set up by his brother uh, Tua, who sent a note to him, and, 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 you know, and dad, relative, too. yeah, his mom and dad as well. Uh, and they get to seven and five. That's a big year for Maryland to get to seven and five because we've seen a lot of years where Maryland kind of melts down the the end with Mike Loxley at the helm. But this year they do get their seven wins and they're going bowling. Yeah, and it, when I I read that it was Purdue's Curtis Painter. 
who had the old record of 11,163 yards for most passing yards in Matt the history. Matt brother? I, I don't know, because I'm like, I, I don't even remember Curtis. I don't I've know. never heard the name before. You sure they're not saying Drew Brees? That's <laughs> They said, a, and I read a Purdue quarterback, and I'm like, oh, I didn't it's got to be Drew Brees. Yeah, no, it's not. It's Curtis Painter okay. for the win. Uh, fighting a rib injury, Purdue quarterback Hudson Card matched his career high with three touchdown passes. He also scar, <clears throat> excuse me, scored on a 10-yard run in the Boilermakers' comeback win over Indiana. Overall, Card was 21 of 34 for 275 in the three scores, and he also ran it 12 times for 85 yards. Brendan Soresby threw for three and also had three picks. Sorry, threw for three touchdowns, also had three picks for Indiana. Purdue finishes four and eight. Indiana winds up three and nine in what turned out to be Tom Allen's last season in Bloomington. Uh, a move that I thought should have been made last year. It was probably financial. The $20.5 million that he was supposed to get on the buyout, uh, they negotiated down to like $15 million to save Indiana a little bit of money. But, you know, it's really interesting for schools that, I don't want to say they don't take football seriously because every school takes football seriously. It's their cash cow. Um, but at the same time, there are schools that are traditionally just not great at football. And you really got to wonder what's going to happen with 18 and 20 team conferences because Indiana right now, are they going to be able to, I mean, you're going to have to They're find going a, to be able to pay a guy because I, I get it. 10 money. I get it. But, but are you going to be able to find a diamond in the rough? They're not going to be able to pay somebody $75 million. So, I mean, I can't, who, who's going to take 75 million to go Maybe coach you don't Indiana? Need to. Look at David Braun. I get you, it. I don't think you're going to have to go find the guy that's willing to, to, to coach your team for only four or 5 million a year. Right. And, and hope that Only he's good. Four or five that's what I mean. I, so the Man, Indiana, it's tough being a coach in college football. Yeah, it, it, it just, I feel bad I, for I, these guys. I How remember, can you, I've tried to scrape by on four or five million a year. You can't do it. Well, yet you had Dave you, you Dorn. Have to really, you have to really watch your resources. Dave Dorn, Dave Dorn at Wake Forest yesterday, he makes five million a year, and he goes on his post-game press conference and says, if you want us to win, I need a 1,000 fans to give me $1,000. Or or whatever the hell, or, or ten thousand fans to give us a thousand dollars each, so that yeah. we can go buy players. Right, a guy making five million a year is telling the fans to give give him money so he I can go buy play. I like That's wow, the world we live in now. Uh, so we're ranking the teams one final time. You got to go Michigan number one, Ohio State number two, Penn State number three. I would say Iowa number four. Yeah. After that, uh, Northwestern and Maryland. I have tied for fifth. Yeah, uh, Rutgers sixth. And then everybody else. Um, I had Wisconsin. Oh, real right. similar to you're, yours. You're pro- probably you're right. I miss Wisconsin. Yeah, probably I had Wis- Wisconsin. Uh, throw throw them in with Northwestern and Maryland. Yeah, and then and then Minnesota, Rutgers, Illinois, Nebraska, Purdue, um, all kind of together, and then Michigan State, Indiana. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Jonathan Smith does at Michigan State. I, I'll be really intrigued by who Indiana hires. I think Ryan Walters, you know, funny, everybody in West Lafayette that has a Sunday afternoon show talking Purdue football, um, they got to be asking a lot of the same questions that, that we've been asking about, you know, what, how, what do you give Ryan Walters in year one? And I'll be honest with you, I think Ryan Walters underachieved at Purdue this year. He had, he had a team. He had some players. Uh, he, he changed some things up, but that defense was not good. No. And he's the defensive guy. He's part of the reason why Illinois had such a good year last year. And, and you know, Brett Bielema is in year three now. And to put up the record, they did go five and seven and have the defense be as poor as it was. 
We thought really they'd be the strength of their team. I, I did. But it their just, offensive line wasn't very good. No. Um, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of teams in the Big Ten right now. Well, this with, is a good place to go there then. Uh, bring it back home to Matt Rule. And what kind of grade would you give him? I, I asked that question to Steve Sipley. He said B+, plus, which I was a little surprised by. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with more of a... From Saturday night at 11 p.m. until game day the next week, an hour before game time, I, I would give him an A, A minus. But the in-game stuff of that coaching staff this year, I'm just puzzled by. And I don't know. I, I, I'm super appreciative that Matt Rule chose to explain. He never dodged a question. He he made some some play calls or Marcus Satterfield did or a decision here a right. decision there a timeout no time whatever it was he answered every question with what they were thinking his honesty and openness I reporters and fans cannot complain about that at all whether you agree or disagree with what they did game management wise timeout use wise play calling wise he answered all those questions I'm so appreciative that he did but it also worries me that. He thought the way he did and the staff thought the way they did in some of those situations when they were aggressive and shouldn't have been um, and when they were conservative and shouldn't have been in, in our eyes. Here's the thing. Uh, it's really hard to grade somebody uh, when they don't. It's, it's easier to grade Ohio State or Michigan or Penn State because they're, they're so loaded. Uh, they, can make, they can make all the mistakes and more that Nebraska did. In fact, Nebraska lost to Michigan State. Penn State beat them 42 nothing. I'm sure there were a lot of mistakes that James Franklin highlighted, at, highlighted after the game against Michigan State that they didn't do well. doesn't really matter. Their talent is so much better that they can, they can win and not necessarily play well. Nebraska has to play almost perfectly uh, to win any single game. Um, and I think any decision you make as a coach is, is magnified because you can't make a field goal. You can't punt the football. You can't catch a punt without fumbling it. You can't uh, you can't do a lot of things at the quarterback position when you can't trust your quarterback to hang on to the ball, whether it's throwing or running. Yeah. Um, yeah, it makes it really difficult for a coach when you can't trust your guys. Yeah. And Rule would never say that out loud. No, and, and that's the thing. I, the, the fact that he's owned up to and said, hey, this is on me, and I've got to make sure that the guys get better. I've got to, We've got to do better here. We've got to do better there. I truly appreciate it. And, and I've thought about it because I knew you were going to ask about grades and my thought was going to be, I'm going to go see blah, blah, blah. I'm going to go actually C plus, even with all the stuff that I just don't get from the in game yeah. type stuff that, that that's about where I am. Yeah. C and, plus. And because he wasn't as successful as he's been at his other two stops without having some, some acumen, some, I actually was more successful at his other two uh, here than his other two stops in, in year the, one, in year one, but he also had a, um, a dumpster fire and a dumpster fire times 10 to deal with at the other two places. I think whereas he, here he had a pretty damn good culture that was left by the frost regime and uh, Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. And those I guys. don't know that I agree with that. He, I think he had more talent at Nebraska, but mentally he Nebraska's in a, in a really tough situation, not physically it's between the years. But, and I'm not talking about, I'm talking culture though. If there was a horrible culture, like there was at temple and Baylor, with all the problems that right. happened at Baylor before he got there, right. the culture, then last year's team wouldn't have been 4-8. and eight. Last year's team would have been 2-10, and 10, and they would have quit. Right. 
They didn't. The culture was not bad here last year. Not they horrific. didn't win games, whatever. Um, but I think mentally, when you when you go into every game, and I, I, I truly believe this about a lot of Husker football, not all of them, but it's tough not to believe that you're going to find a, some way to lose the game when you always find a way to lose the game. When you're 11 and 32, which they are in one score games since 2016 or 17, that's a team that knows they're going to lose because they always find a way to lose. And that, that's not me being mean. That's just looking at the facts saying they're 11 and 32. What went wrong? Well, it's the same thing. Oh, they fumbled late. Uh, they, they punted the wrong way. Remember that against Michigan uh, State? Yeah. Yeah, no uh, they, they, they found a different way to lose, but it was the same way. It was the same way, but it was a little bit different uh, every single time. It was always a one-score game. They always needed to make one more play to win the game, and they couldn't find a way to do it. And again, I think they will do it ultimately under Matt Rule, but that's a lot to overcome, and that's part of the culture. Whether it's a good culture or bad culture, when you believe that you can't win, and I think there is some of that, that's culture. I appreciate your point and your argument, but based on what I'm hearing and what Alex Bullock said after the game, there wasn't one game this year, I believe outside of Michigan, that they didn't feel during the game that they were going to win the game. And this is coming from a player. This isn't me that's, saying that's it. saying I, it and, to the media. And I, and I, it is. I, it's what he said. Yeah. But I, I disagree that this is ingrained. This is ingrained in Nebraska fans. Because do you know how many players were in all 40-plus of those games? Zero. This isn't a thing that it's our team knows they're going to lose because they know they're going to screw up because they're the same guys that have done it over and over. and No, they're not. There's different guys. There's a whole boatload of new guys in here this year. Now, a lot of the similar, stupid, strange, weird penalties, bad decisions – Bad throws, dropping the ball, all that. I get it. It's all happening, but it's different players, not the same guys. So I, I, and, and, I'm not I sure it. that's true. I mean, I, I'll have to go back. I, I know what you mean. I, they are different players. Sometimes it's younger. Bro- In some cases, it's younger brother learning from older brother. You've been around the culture and, for a and while. That's the part and that I agree with totally is that, yeah. that, that, that part of it where you're sitting there. I think and- they're all good guys, and I think they all want to win. But I think until you actually see the scoreboard says uh, say that you won the game 13 to 10 instead of lost the game 13 to 10 it's hard to believe that you're really doing the right things to win games and when you don't get results you could say that you know just win today win to win the rep but until you actually see the results it's hard to believe it and i i think this is a team that doesn't completely believe but they saw it twice in October, in October, and then they lost four in a row. Yeah. That's the like that's where I, they, they they saw the success yeah. and it's frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating being, thing, being a Nebraska fan. It's just frustrating. <laughs> it hey, basketball seven and zero, and the volleyball team's the number one overall seed in the NCAA that's tournament. That's, a that's good the thing. important part. And I, again, I, I think this is going to happen under Matt Rule. I really do, and I think these guys are are going to turn it around. But it's just frustrating. We're just all really frustrated right now because that was a game that another game just like Maryland or any number of games that Nebraska has lost over the last several years. It felt like as a game, a game that all you had to do is make one more play and you win it. And they can't seem to make one more play. Um, but that's just where we are with Nebraska football, but it's okay. 
I'm, I'm going to be uh, I'm going to be happy about Nebraska basketball because we can still talk about that. Uh, I'm going to spend about 15 to 20 minutes with our guy, though, uh, John Baylor, talking Husker volleyball. Heck yeah, Nebraska. It was just announced around five o'clock this afternoon. They are the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament after the win on Saturday night last night over Minnesota. That was a good game. Uh, went four sets. Nebraska had to play really well to win it. Even though, did Minnesota make the tournament? Um, uh, you know what? I, I don't have any of the, all the brackets up. They I'll, felt I'll like if they could just play well against Nebraska, maybe that would give them a chance to uh, to make the NCAA tournament. They did play really well, uh, but Nebraska beat them in four sets last night. And now the number one overall seed. We'll talk Husker Volleyball with John Baylor, the voice of Nebraska Volleyball, next.